dusting off the cobwebs of technology over here making sure oh shit yeah dude same here i've been uh struggling with it for quite a while i don't know why but like dude it always every time i set up it's always a hassle so really yeah sometimes i got way too much going on right like i have everything that i do my interviews with on one computer and then behind me i have everything set up to like record it all so yeah i was just watching your your uh, mike aiken episode and i saw you like you went over the one clip where he's jumping over the fence and you spun around to to talk to him and i was like huh he's got an interesting setup there so is it all connected to one nucleus computer essentially yeah i'm using my laptop right now to do everything and then um if i was recording i would do all the interviews from here and then everything else is hooked up to the computer behind me so right on yeah it's uh it's very like not professional at all like there's way better ways you could do it but i'm just too cheap to go out and buy a new computer so shit man if if you got it working you got it especially because like you know you got a lot of episodes i'm seeing here yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, I've been uh, doing it for quite a while, so it's been uh, a long journey, and I really enjoy it, and I'm happy that I was able to make it to 100, because, I don't know, sometimes you get to where you're like, I don't know, it's hard to keep doing something like this so consistently sometimes. You just have those like moments, you know? Oh, yeah, dude. I I am jealous of how consistent you've been. Like, I've not been, you know, I've been doing this thing for four years now, on my fourth year, and I still haven't even broken you know, a hundred, uh, you know, you would think you would do a, more often. I would do more often than that, but getting a hold of people is kind of hard and making it a point to get a hold of people while you're handling the rest of the shit in your life is a lot. Definitely. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a lot, right? Like I was just kind of lucky enough that, um, during COVID I was able to do it pretty much full time. So that really helps, you know? So is that when it, when you started the podcast? I started back in I guess my first episode was probably like five six years ago. It was a while ago. Wow. Um, but it was all recorded through like tape cameras. Ooh. Yeah. So it was ridiculous, man. And I I've always had this like idea of the multicam setup. I really like it. You know, like I yeah. really think that it adds to the video aspect of it. I've always been super into video. So for me, that's just like it's a must. You know. Yeah. Um, and are you mixing? But, are you uh, swip swapping from cameras like live as you're recording? Yes, sir. I could right now, but I don't have my other camera hooked up. Mm-hmm. Um, I was considering putting one in front of me, and then it would switch on your Skype even. So very cool. I uh, I just got mine set up for video recently, and I I can now understand how you would do that a little bit. But the fact that you're bringing up the clip to talk to the guest and you're switching the camera angles around and you're staying on topic and not being super brain farted like I would be. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I find sometimes I rely on my notes a lot, right? Like that's always something I've been really proud of is just my consistency with like research and, you know, really focusing on that. Like when I was really into it and I was doing this all the time, Mm -hmm. I was like, so always relying on my notes but i didn't really like that but mm-hmm. I, mean, I guess i kind of pulled it off in a way that it didn't seem like that sometimes so right on and uh i was listening to your your uh podcast with um the us them dudes howard and gerber and Bo, <clears throat> and um what did you mention fuck now i just brain farted on my own shit it's uh, all good <laughs> uh, 
What were you saying? What were you saying? That's all right. We can fix this in post, right? Um, yeah, of course. Are we going? Sorry. Oh, yeah. We're recording, but, you know, we can chop it in wherever you want to. Um, For sure. Fuck. What was I going to say now? God damn. What were we just talking about? We were talking about. Um, oh, fucking brain. Dude, now I'm messing out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we were talking about like consistency and being able to talk with the notes and whatnot. And then you had mentioned uh, Howard and Zach and the us them dudes. Yeah. Um, okay. Now I remember. All right. Yeah. Super way roundabout to a callback. Um, so when you were on in that episode, you mentioned that you you kind of wanted to get known for the bike riding and for the video and for that aspect of it. But it just so happened that being consistent with your podcast and getting guests on all the time kind of helps get you some notoriety in, in that fashion. So with, with that said, I did want to focus maybe the first half of this pod on, on those videos. Cause you know, of course I think that's really cool. And I wanted to check them out and we, maybe we can shoot shit about them or something. Yeah, I would love to, man. It sounds awesome. Okay. Where would I find some content? Cause I'm on the HV, HVX goat uh, YouTube, but is that where your riding videos are? If you go to my uh, website, I'll have um, okay. my video Space Goats on there. Okay. And my first video is no longer online, but we can definitely talk to talk about that. Which uh, which video? Okay, Space. So is it you? Have you done web edits too, or is it just one video? So. That video is a full DVD, and right. it came with, uh, yeah, all that stuff. And then web edits, I've got a couple things on YouTube, I think, but it was mainly, like, I have uh, the Bonger mixtape, which was our Montreal trip. That was a lot of fun. Um, and then a couple other videos, too, but it's all, like, you know, jam videos or uh, stuff like that. Right. Okay. I have, like, old, old, old videos of me when I first started riding, but those are so bad where, like, I hate even looking at them, you know? Oh, shit. Gotcha. All right, so I'm gonna switch this over to the desktop view here. Can you see the For sure. the site now? Yeah. All right, cool. Um, I did have it set up so you could hear audio, and then something happened and it got fucked up, and I couldn't do it anymore. So I think I'll be able to hear audio, and it'll be recorded, but you won't hear. Sure. It. So yeah, that's okay. All right. Um, should just hit this. Yep, that should do it. So to kind of give some context on this uh, intro, I really got into animation and I was really, really interested on in trying to make just cool animated uh, skits and stuff throughout this video. I've always found that like um, animation is super cool and most BMX videos, I feel like they always have kind of something in between the parts. Right. Um, but I don't know. I just, I wanted to do something really different. Mm -hmm. And uh, these animations that are like currently happening were all basically just photos and then i chopped it up in photoshop um it's super random and i know a lot of people kind of weren't a huge fan of it but to me this was like something that i absolutely loved and when it gets further into the video you kind of see some of my humor come through with certain things so right on and and what year did you start riding 
So I started riding back in, uh, oh man, probably like 2010. Right on. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm actually a lot younger than most people think. I'm only 26, so. Oh, shit. Yeah, you are young. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't seem it, eh? It's uh, the yeah. beard and the massive tattoos. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I could have grown that a beard that big at 26. I still can't. I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> You're getting there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, like, a lot of people who would be putting videos together don't even have the technical know-how to even get an animation together. So, you know, anybody hating on it's going to be like, yeah, you do, you try it. You try and put some stuff together. Well, that was the thing, too, right? Like, with uh, Space Goats, I spent so much time with the animation because I went frame by frame. I did it stop motion. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't have any programs to help me. I literally did all of it in Final Cut Pro, right. just hitting the, you know, move to the next frame button, <laughs> like, the yeah. whole time. Wow. Yeah, and it it was a lot, but I really enjoyed it. Um, I always found that that was like a good way of kind of using some time that I had. And at the time, like I wasn't really doing podcasts when I made this. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's just I had a lot of time to work on this, and it was kind of everything that I focused on. I guess I'm pretty good at that, you know. Mm -hmm. Like I'm able to really focus on one thing and just narrow in on stuff, like. Even right. with the video, I always talk about how while I was filming, I was spending just as much time editing. So if I went out for like, you know, an eight hour day and we got a bunch of clips, I'd probably spend a good four to five hours at least just working clips, trying to make things work. Um, I had like a couple different versions of the video before I even finished it. Oh, and this yeah. is the one that I chose just because it worked out so well. So, And what year did this video come out? This was 2018, I think. Oh, Pretty yeah. sure 2018. Right on. Yeah, it's all just local dudes, right? Like this is uh, the crew of dudes that I used to ride with. Um, you'll see like a lot of weird uh, like video effects and whatnot. I was super into uh, the D-Walk guys from London, Ontario. Mm -hmm. um, that's like Eli Taylor, all those dudes, if you know them. Yeah, I don't know them personally, but yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of their work. Yeah, they're sweet, man. They... Uh, they always had really cool videos, and then obviously uh, the food videos and whatnot with oh, yeah. uh, what Charlie's doing. So yeah. So what part of Canada are you actually in? I'm in Kitchener, Ontario. So Kitchener has a pretty big BMX history. We're only about an hour from Toronto, which is super nice. Right. Um, yeah, I really like it, man. Kitchener is where uh, the first 900 happened. Matt Hoffman did it here at uh, the uh, Waterloo University. Wow! No way. Yeah, so it's really cool, man. And then uh, one of the biggest Canadian BMX distros is from Kitchener as well. That's uh, Rider Distribution. Right on. Okay. Yeah, Van Homan had a great story about uh, Rider. It was awesome. Damn. I got to check check that episode out. Yeah, I guess uh, back in the day, they came down here with the Little Devil Dudes, mm -hmm. and John from Rider had given them a place to stay. And uh, I guess John had like hyped up his area so much he's like yeah man we got like video games bunk beds you guys are set up and then they got there and it was the complete opposite oh no and uh he just i guess he didn't really know like what these guys were like at that age right this is little devil yeah like you know they're wild that's what's kind of crazy about bike riding is like you have so much energy and focus that you could be applying to anything and bmx kind of wrangles your energy into somewhat 
you know, of a productive path. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Fuck. Oh man. Yeah. BMX is pretty rad. I've, uh, I've always, ever since I started, man, it's been, uh, like the pretty much the only thing I think about. It's so weird to be this far down, you know, 12 years in, and this is like still mm. one of the most beloved things in my life that I constantly think about. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Uh, shit. Um, so is this section based? It is. So that was the friends section. Okay. And then. This is super random, but these girls were just like driving around the local park, flying in this little car, just like drifting through these parking lots. You could see tire marks in front of it. Yeah. Um, and there's this specific spot where you can just like fly with your car, literally hit it, and you just like actually get air as they do here. I don't <laughs> know why they come back and it's mm -hmm. way better. I don't know why this is like so funny to me, but just it's so random, you know. Dude, the best B-roll is is the is that kind of shit though, you know? Definitely. Yeah, there's uh I think there's nine sections in this video. There's a lot. Yeah. There's like a lot of uh we can always like skip through it too. Um Yeah, I kinda wanted I mean, I'm sure the whole thing is a slapper because you put so much work into it, but I was kind of curious yeah. where your section was. I was uh it's towards the end. I think it's the second last section. Um okay. Ooh. try right there at one hour. It might be 10 minutes. It's 10 minutes before that. Right there. Let's try there. Yeah, 52. Sorry, a little bit more forwards. <laughs> it's been a couple years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Justin's section is sweet, too. He ends it with uh, this big like gap-to-tail whip on this uh, bank-to-manual pad gap. Super flowy, dude. He always absolutely killed it on a bike. I haven't seen him in quite a while, but... Always a good dude to ride with. Does everybody still ride or is, or is like just people move around? or? Everybody still rides. Not a lot of us ride together as much anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, this is kind of when we were younger and people have fallouts. And then on top of that, too, people just get older, right? Like yeah, yeah. things become, you know, a bigger priority. My buddy Jesse is actually uh, he is the ender in this video and he's having a baby in like a month. Mm -hmm. So it's been really weird to like see more of him this year because he knows that we're going to see a whole lot less of him next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm sure that first year is going to be a, you know, a busy year for him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited for him, you know, yeah. but should I click, should I skip a little bit more f forward? It's pretty much the end here. I think okay. of his section. Yeah. He does uh, his tail whip right after this and that's his ender. So nice. it's a pretty sweet spot. It's uh, not far from us, and they repaved it recently, too, so it's even better. Oh, that's always a plus. Yeah. So this is just uh, an animation that I made about the Earth being a pyramid. Yeah. I've always been super – I don't know. I just – it blows my mind that people think the Earth is flat, and then I just thought it would be hilarious if it was a pyramid because it would be flat, but it would also have <laughs> sides, you know? I like it. It's a great concept. Yeah. <laughs> yeah doing this was awesome man we just like went through all the artwork and just every time you would laugh your ass off at how funny like just how ridiculous you would have in your mind of the these thoughts essentially and then you just have it out on your computer and you're like this is working this is ridiculous yeah is that your hand 
That is nice. my dad's a tattoo artist. So oh shit, no wonder. You know, All I've right. yeah, I've been uh, very lucky. You know, but uh, Space Goats was one of the most important things in my life. So I proudly have it on my hand. You know. So are you familiar with that the podcast that was around for a little bit that was called Space Goats? I don't know if it was called Space Goats. Something like. Are that. you talking BMX podcast? Yeah. That was the Happy Cat podcast that you're talking about, I think. With the guys from Sparky's Distribution, Chip and Kip? Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, no, that uh, – oh, my God. What was that called? Space Ghost. Uh, maybe. I was going to say Space Ghost is a TV show. Right. I know that. Um, was it Space Brothers? There was a Space Flatland Brothers. podcast That's what called it was. that. Space Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those dudes were super sick too. There's been a lot of BMX podcasts now that you really think about it, you know? Like, we both have one. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, they were really hitting it hard there for a while, and I don't know what happened that they stopped, but it seems like their site's still working. Nice. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, man. I think a lot of people don't see how much work goes into it. I mean, you obviously know. Um, it's, it's a lot. Oh, yeah. It is, yeah. Especially if you really care and you want to put in the effort and make something good right like mm -hmm. i always think anybody can get a camera and point it at themselves right but it takes a lot to actually care and go through it and make something that you're proud of oh yeah the first two years i did this i was it was audio only which was a made it easier for me wow um because i was cutting every dumb word i said out like i was heavily editing myself so it sounded like I could talk <laughs> you know so once we I love it once i switched to video work was that an opposite rail or is that your dominant side yeah it's dominant side i'm just switch footed right so on. that's cool Very yeah cool. only when it comes to rails but uh interesting it's gonna help i have a clip i really want to get i haven't done it yet but i've still been filming just new stuff just of me but um you know i've just been trying to make a really awesome new like web video oh cool and there's a clip that I want of me doing uh, a feeble to tail whip. And it should work because I can tail whip and I can feeble. So Van Homan, you know, <laughs> he'll, it would work for him. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That ender is hilarious. That's my buddy Dan's house. But uh, nice. yeah, I was up on top of his roof for like 20 minutes because it's super weird. Like I'm up there and you can't really see where you're supposed to go. And the ramp is only 12 feet wide. So... You can see that I kind of caught like perfect transition there, but yeah, I'm surprised. I'm actually really impressed that you didn't go into that fence because it looked like it could have caught a bar end. Yeah, I definitely uh, I broke the fence at the back like after I slid out, but it worked out uh, pretty good. Other than that, very cool, dude. You're really good at riding, man. Not to, well, thank you. Not to puff you up, but you legitimately are good at riding, like. Damn. Yeah, I just, dude, honestly, I always think that, like, at least when I was filming with my friends, they were all way better at riding than me. But my thought was always, like, I can always just jump shit. Like, I really like doing big stuff, <laughs> at least at the time I did. Right. I don't do as much of it anymore just because, you know, I work full time and I've got other stuff that's uh, my main priority nowadays. So, yeah, yeah. Do, uh, do you but have a day job? I do. I'm a screen printer by trade. So, very cool. Yeah, dude, I just started like uh, about a year ago, and I'm loving it. It's been awesome. So, 
Right it's on. nice to have something that you can do and enjoy. You know, I feel like a lot of people work jobs that they hate, which mm-hmm. sucks. Like yeah. I've, you know, ever since I was born, essentially, my dad has been telling me, like, don't do something you don't like. And that's coming from somebody who built his entire life on tattooing. Right. And he made it happen. So anybody can in my uh, in my mind. Awesome. That's that's got to be a lot of good inspiration, you know, to come out the gate with. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I've been pretty lucky, man. I, uh, I definitely know that like I've had a pretty good, uh, relationship with my dad. I feel like most people don't, um, you know, most dudes, I feel like, yeah, especially in the BMX world. Cause I don't want, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to like be a psychiatrist to BMXers, but I feel like a lot of bike riders, a lot of BMXers, got into BMX because they didn't want to play soccer. They didn't want to play football. They didn't want to play baseball. They're kind of anti that. Not all of them, but you know what I mean? That's kind of like how you got there to begin with is because you didn't want to do all these other hobbies. And this hobby, unless you got a dad that rides BMX, you're not kind of getting pushed and, you know, you're not getting catered to soccer practice when you ride BMX, you know? I remember. Yeah, exactly. I remember ask. I remember uh, going to the skate park for like the first time, and it was an hour away. And, and my, I convinced my dad to drive me and a few of my friends. And these these were like kids who've been riding a little bit longer than me and who were way better than me. So I was just psyched that they would agree to even come with. My dad's like, "You got to ask them for gas money." And I was like, "Nah, come on. I'm just so happy they're coming, dude. You, we got to ask them for gas money, bro." And, you know, shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I've, uh, again, you know, my dad's a tattoo artist and he also skateboards. So I've been super lucky in that way. Like yeah. he's kind of not pushed me into action sports, but it was always something that I seen mm-hmm. uh, from a young age. And the second that I got a BMX bike, I was hooked. So have you ever thought about having him on your pod? I did. I oh, had him shit. on a while ago. It was like episode <laughs> six or seven. Okay. Um, it was a long time ago. I'm going to have him on again because I really do enjoy talking to him. And I think a lot of people like hearing him talk. You know, he's always got great stories and whatnot. Um, we've had some ideas to potentially start a show as well. So oh, we're kind of slowly working towards that. Um, but it will involve tattooing. So I'm excited for that. Awesome. I wanted to go back to the video here for a second. Yeah, of course. I, I remember hearing in other pods you talk about the video, and I see it in the title even. It says 2016 to 2019. So it took that long to collect that footage. Yeah, so it took quite a while. Mm-hmm. You know, we took, I think, three, four years to really build this video from the ground up, and everybody could have had a second part, I think, with just extra clips. I used to do a thing on my Instagram. I'll probably start doing it again in the winter, but I would just go through old clips just because I was terrible at sorting them, so they're just not sorted at all. Hmm. And I had clips I wanted to you know, potentially make like behind-the-scenes videos of. But I would just go live on Instagram and just show people all this crazy footage that never has seen the light of day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun doing that. I got to hop on that again. So, have, so, and have you been holding on the clips ever since this video ended? I uh, basically, yeah, I've got a couple clips that I've 
posted or that I've sent to uh, Charlie to use in BMX Foo videos. The new Foo video, my buddy Zach's in that, and we filmed uh, a curve wall to double peg on the top. Mm-hmm. Nice steel pegs. I was using the HVX with the mic, so <laughs> it sounds super sick. And, dude, I'm so proud of that clip. But uh, that's his ender in the newest uh, Foo video. Very cool. Um, I helped film that, which was awesome. And then I don't know if you've heard of Nate Vandenberg. Nate absolutely kills it. Another local around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we filmed a couple clips this summer that will probably be in a video at some point. Um, but he's just so gnarly, man. I took him to a spot that no one has ever touched here. Even like pros like Mike Gray were like, eh. Mm-hmm. And uh, he fully sent like the first thing that people look at pulled it first try and then he went back and just one-upped it it took him like 40 tries to one-up it but it was incredible oh that's dope yeah yeah i don't know if i can say what it is yet probably not because i don't think he's used it so so and then that clip you filmed for him yep so yep are you cool with i guess you are um like when you uh when you're out filming sometimes like you can hold on to the clips and sometimes you might send those clips out. Is that? Yeah. So back when I was doing my own projects, I really, really didn't like uh, giving clips away just mm-hmm. because I was working on a project that I felt was more important to me. Right. And also that I knew was going to be in a way that I could edit. I had a vision of how I was going to film it. Um, everything like that. Like most of the time when I would go up filming, I also had an image in my head of, what it would look like after it was edited, right? Mm -hmm. So if I send that off to someone else, most times I'll send the raw clip and then I'll also send an edited version that I edited and just so that, you know, they might include that. Mm -hmm. Right on. Um, But yeah, lately I've just been totally fine with, yeah, I'll film and send you the clip just because I'm not working on anything crazy at the moment. You know, like the newest video that I want to do is literally just a video of me and maybe a couple friends. Um, but I've been trying to find the most unique spots for that. Like there's uh, this random house that's probably like 10 minute bike ride from me and I would pass it every time I went to the skate park. Mm. And it just so happens that it's on a hill and it has a bank in the front of it and then it goes flat and then a couple stairs in like after that so it's like a 12 foot gap into a bank off this person's like front walkway essentially and it's perfect so we went and we did that at like two in the morning um recently and i have to go back because i wanted to trick it and you only really get one try like i can't just keep going up there and trying it right um because it's it's somebody's house that somebody actually lives in currently it's somebody's actual house they actually live in you know (laughs) like i can hear them inside watching tv at two in the morning and i've got someone across the street just giving me thumbs up there's no cars coming interesting i always thought i mean i've never done it but i always thought if i ever came across a, uh, a spot that was at somebody's house I would go for a Sunday afternoon where maybe the car's not in the driveway. But two in the morning, that's you know, that's a bold move. Yeah, dude, I got lights, I got everything, right? So <laughs> you just throw a light on the camera and it's yeah. bright enough, it'll look fine. Yeah. The problem that I mainly have is that it's hard to find people who actually know what they're doing with the camera. Like I've always filmed, right? So I have ten years experience of filming BMX, whereas everybody else films iPhone clips. So mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't really work as well as you'd want. Um, Just set it up on a tripod and tell the homie to hit record. 
Yeah, that's kind of what I've been thinking lately. I really do like uh, Dan Foley and everything that he does just because yeah. the way that he edits clips and his self-filming is so good. It is. Um, my buddy uh, just – okay. First of all, shout out to, to Dan Foley because – Definitely. A, he's, a, he's, he's Rembrandt with the tires. He just dials it right in. Second of all, he does a great job filming himself. But I'll, uh, but speaking of self-filming, my buddy Justin from Pittsburgh, he's he's such an interesting dude because he's so amazing at everything he does, but he doesn't care to like push any of it any which way. Like he started doing self-film clips and they were all coming out so good, and I was like, bro, I think you just invented a genre like like similar to, to Foley, but this, but uh, Justin's got a little bit of a photography background. So he's got like, I can pull it up real quick, actually. Yeah, I, definitely. I want to see this. Um, shout out to Justin. Hopefully, hopefully he likes, uh, the shine time. So who doesn't? <laughs> oh, shit. He's private. <laughs> so, oh, that's not the right Justin. There we go. So this one. Sweet. This is a. All right. Oh, shit. So he likes to shoot or he likes to um, shoot vertical. So I'm going to change the OBS window here a second. If you see. So you can see the full frame of, a, of his swagginess. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, I'm not even sure what he was trying. Oh, that's so rough. But, uh, yeah. Dude, I love it. He's got that, like, East Coast style, you know? Oh, yeah. Dude, there we go. Bash guard tricks. I love that. Oh, that's what's up. Oh, it's awesome. It's so gnarly to ride one of those barriers, man. Or like those guardrails. Yeah, I don't fuck with guardrails. Ooh, yeah, no thanks. With the popover. It's been a while since I've seen that's this. sweet. Yeah, yeah, dude is a shredder. That's for sure. Yeah, man. Shout out to Justin. But seeing people like that, that can self-film, Dan Foley, Justin... It makes me think I could probably film some self clips and and maybe make it look a little bit better, you know. Yeah, it's tough, man. I uh, I would like to do that too. I really should just go out and self film some stuff. I am lucky that uh, my buddy Caleb is decent with the camera. Like I can give him the camera and he'll know mm. like how to do it if I point him in the right direction. Whereas most people, I give it to them, I tell them, I show them, and. You know, the, I end up seeing the clip afterwards, and it's not great. Um, yeah. Sometimes the main thing is, like, I just – if I'm doing something big, I'm more focused on, like, wanting to do that. So it can be really frustrating having someone else behind the camera because yeah. I want to just focus on the riding, right? But the whole time I have to think about, like, okay, well, are they going to know how to <laughs> press record even? like? Yeah, any time I've ever done a, a, 
a line where like someone's got a fish next to me if if i don't trust what they're doing and i can feel them like getting too far away or you know it's like i can't even yeah focus right now because i can tell you fuck it up <laughs> well that's the thing too right with fish you can't really fix that like there's only so much you can do with uh you know, a digital zoom. And yeah. if you have a fish eye, it's just going to ruin the look. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so what was, uh, was it mighty Boston's that you wrote to in that, in that video? That was mustard plug. Mustard so plug. I'm a huge fan of ska. Uh, okay. it's one of my favorite genres of music, uh, ska punk, mm -hmm. any kind of like punk rock even. Um, but mustard plug was kind of like, just one of those bands that I go and see all the time. I'm a huge fan of them. And, uh, that's their song, Mr. Smiley. They're great. I, uh, I really enjoy them. And that song, I wanted it to work and I managed to get it to work. I was so happy that I could, because originally I only thought I was going to have like a two minute part. Cause mm -hmm. when it comes to these videos, I try to focus so much more on the editing and the filming aspects of it and making sure that everybody else gets their stuff that a lot of the times, I only ever go out and get my clips towards the end of the video because realistically, if I was to get hurt, then nobody else can get filmed for a little while, mm -hmm. right? Like, right. which, yeah, that kind of slows down everything. Whereas if I just take my time and then cut my part short, if something happens, everybody else still gets their clips and, uh, you know, it's not a huge deal to me. That's very noble of you. <clears throat> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, were, were the other, how did the song choices go for the rest of the video? Did everybody pick their so, own song? Or? I rarely let people pick their own songs. And a big part of that is because most times people pick their own songs and it doesn't really fit the writing. Um, and if it does fit, I'll definitely use it. But throughout the video, there's a few songs that were made, uh, by a buddy, buddy of mine, Jason. Mm-hmm. And I used, I think, three songs from him. He was uh, an electronic artist at the time, so I really wanted to support his music, and also it kind of fit the vibe of, you know, Space Goats. Right. Um, and then there's two songs that are uh, done by artists that we just randomly ran into. So one of them is this, like, hip-hop dude, and he has a beatboxer with him, and we're just out riding randomly one day. And... Uh, this dude, he looks like DJ Khaled, and he's just walking down the street. And, of course, my buddy Travis, who uh, – he's just a loudmouth. I love him to death, but, like, he'll definitely – like, if he sees something, instantly he was like, yo, what up, DJ Khaled? And then the guy came over, and we're like, oh, for fuck's sakes. Like, dude, you started <laughs> shit with this guy. And he's like, yo, you guys, uh, guys want to see something? We're like, of course. Yeah, show us. He's like, all right. You got to film it, though. So I pull out the camera. He didn't realize I had an actual camera with like professional equipment. So he got a little nervous. But him and this dude just like instantly this incredible like uh, beatbox hip hop song. Oh, shit. Hell yeah. yeah. So I just cut his part up to use footage of them beatboxing and then his clip as well, like his clips as well. Mm -hmm. And it worked really well. Damn. Um, and then we also have a skateboarder in our video. And he had just this random dude with an acoustic guitar that we met in Montreal. And I don't know if you've been to Montreal, but, dude, it's so wild there. Like, they just – the cops really don't give a shit if you're just, like, drinking in the street or if you're at, like, a park. So we were just, like, 
you can go into a 7-Eleven there. Now, this is probably normal for you because you're in the States. Mm. But in pretty much anywhere else in Canada, you can't just walk into a 7-Eleven and buy booze. You have to go to like a specific store that sells booze, and that's it. You can't go anywhere else to get it. Right. Um, that's how Pennsylvania is, where I'm originally from. Yeah. So we go in there, right, grab some beers. We're at this uh, really famous spot, Peace Park. It's just these great marble ledges. And this dude just like walks over. He's got a guitar. He's like, hey, man, can I have a beer with you guys? We're like, sure. And then he just starts playing guitar as we're like riding BMX. And it was just so cool and so rad to be there that day. I pull out the camera and he plays us. Uh, I can't remember what this song is called. It might even be a, an original by him. But he played his two songs on video. And one of them uh, I know is a cover. And then the other might be an original. And I just did the same thing that I did with Travis's part cut it up so that it goes back and forth between the riding and uh, the music and those two parts are probably my favorite because of that um right it just kind of like put yeah. itself together yeah it worked out really well especially with uh the skater because originally i had some songs that i wasn't too hyped on um but i you know i did think that they fit pretty well so to kind of be able to change that last minute was really really rad so is the reason your video is not on YouTube anymore is because of the music? It's copyright, yeah. So any of the right. other songs, they were <laughs> copyrighted. Um, and then the original video, I took it down just because it's something that I really enjoy that I did. Uh, but it's also something that I'm okay with, you know, not being in the public anymore, essentially. The video we so just I don't know if... No, so that's Space Goats. Oh, My first video, okay. I don't know if you knew the name of it, but uh, it's called Fuck Asses BMX DVD. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just us being a bunch of idiots throughout the whole thing. And I don't know anything about filming at the time. The whole thing is like very shitty and it's not put together very well. It was done completely in iMovie. Oh, um, right, but right. I spent a lot of time on it. You know, I spent three years on it and sold all the DVDs of it within three weeks, which was sweet. Um, and I definitely had a lot of support from uh, like Ride UK and those dudes. And it was awesome, but it's also something where now I'm 26. I'm like, yeah, I'm okay with kind of leaving that in the past. Mm, right, yeah. It's like going back through your Facebook and hiding images from when like you were younger. Definitely. Like, yeah, yeah, let's get rid of that one. <laughs> Don't need that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't watched it in years, but... I'll always have those awesome memories, right, of just being a, a delinquent, essentially. Did you sell the Space Goats video? Yes, sir. Yeah, that one's on uh, DVD as well. Um, both videos I don't have DVDs of anymore. Mm -hmm. But uh, with Space Goats, we included a little zine as well on the website. If you scroll down, there was uh, a yeah. digital version of the zine. That's really cool. So, so did you yeah, dude, I've Go always ahead. had the idea of doing a zine, and I wish – you know, I really should just get my ass in gear and do it. I would really enjoy it. Um, I know you have, you know, experience doing that. What was your favorite thing about doing a zine? Oh, man. Being able to, like, put something on a pedestal. That's exactly what a magazine is, really. Is, is I, I, I uh, you know, I went to school for graphic design. So, like, a lot of graphic design is, like, look at all these coffee table books. And it's, like, it could be a book about nothing, literally but like the way the type is laid out and the way the photos are you're just like i can't stop looking at this so you know being able to kind of do that for bike riding 
is, is a rewarding experience, but it also comes with a whole different set of parameters where like, I'm super like, like when you go through a dig magazine, the graphics and the photos kind of blend nicely. And when I first started doing zines, I would never touch the photos. Like I would never put a graphic over somebody else's photo. I never wanted, you know, if, if, if it's like, if it's, um, uh, like a chapter or, um, a feature in the zine that I took the photos for or that I have permission to really go ham on the photos. Maybe I'll lay graphics a little bit over top of them. But for the most part, I would never touch that. And then after I did a couple issues, I started like trying more stuff out. But um, yeah. That's sick, man. Yeah, I've uh, been slowly saving up photos. I'm not a great photographer, but I really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um. And I've been slowly saving up photos. So eventually, maybe I'll put everything together and uh, release a zine. But I think if it's something like that, I really have to dedicate a lot of my time to it, which means that other things end up lacking, right? Like mm -hmm. even this past year, podcasting has been kind of on the back burner. And uh, it's unfortunate. I really, really enjoy doing it. And I wish I could do it a lot more. But it's just, you know, it's hard to balance everything at the same time. Right, right. Uh, what's what's been different? Just a uh, day job and riding, just or back to work, and then on top of that, growing up, you know, and mm -hmm. even with riding, I only ever get out to ride maybe once a month, or not once a month. Sorry, once a week nowadays. Um, right. Which is like, it's good. I really enjoy it, and I wish I could do it more. But again, just by the time I get home from work, I kind of just like want to stay home for the rest of the day, or I've got other things I got to work on. Um, yeah. Right. And when it comes to podcasting, I take it really seriously, right? Like I put, it's basically a second job to me, like, mm -hmm. and that makes it really difficult, especially when I go through and I, you know, do all the research for everything. Then I record everything. Right. Then after that, I edit everything down. And then you, you would know too, right? You got to go through and post it all, make thumbnails, do everything. Um, and it can be a lot for one person, especially if you're working, you know, 40, 50 hours a week, and then on top of that, doing 30 to 40 hours just doing podcasting, essentially. Oh, yeah, dude. Um, I wanted to touch back on the videos here in a second, but um, when I was doing audio-only podcasts, I would record the raw chunk, and then I was able to wear earbuds at work. So what I would do is I would play it in my phone, and I was able to, like, with the one program, lock my phone and still listen to it like it's a normal-ass podcast. But then whenever I got to a point that I didn't like, I would just pause it and do a quick edit and cut on my phone. This was like years ago. Or I would just like write down the timestamp when I get home, go through and cut them all out and then, you know, run, run it that way. These days now with like the video stuff, it's a little bit harder. Yeah, that's kind of the struggle that I'm having too is that with video, it's a lot more difficult to uh, go through and cut everything up right luckily i can edit as i go essentially like switching cameras and whatnot mm -hmm. um but still i find that nowadays i like to go through and find footage or have footage sent to me and then i'll uh edit it in as well um just over top of or i'll make like an overlay and i can do that on the fly like i used to do this podcast live and then would upload everything afterwards to you know spotify or apple um you would do it but live. i definitely you would stream it basically unedited but then you would upload it edited 
I would stream it unedited and then I would upload it unedited. Oh, okay. And then that was easier, right? Right. But then I started to really care about like, you know, well, maybe I don't want to have this part of that conversation in there or, mm-hmm. you know, there's certain things that have to be cut out. Right. And then it got even crazier where I am being like, you know, I have to go through companies with specific people and kind of uh, rely on what their decision is. There was one person in particular and it was really difficult to get that podcast out. And then even when it did go out, uh, they were trying to get it taken down and I managed to kind of fight that and have it still up. So what the fuck? What like that? Dude, it's weird. Can't sponsor them or something or. Yep. Yeah. And I get it. I understand their reasoning, but like at the same time, it's not, it's not that serious, man. It's a podcast. We're talking about bikes, right? And there was a, a specific story in there that I guess that they didn't want, which is fair, you know, so I cut that out. But it ended up being that that episode was originally three and a half hours, and I think it's now two and a half. So they cut a good portion of the stuff out of there, wow. um, which was basically just me sending them the raw footage and then them going through and saying, OK, you can't have this, 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 this or this. So then I would just have to cut all of that and then email it back to them just to have them send it back to me and say, okay, you're good. But yeah, yeah, it's only really happened with like one or two people. um, And it's, you know, it's corporate companies. So, hey, I mean, that means, that means, it means people think that, you know, people listen. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I would take it as almost like a good sign, you know, like, like, um, Real quick on the video front, I don't know if you knew that I had made a video. I'm not trying to shoo away. No, let's hear it, man. Um, Took a couple years to make, uh, and um, I made DVDs, and I didn't sell them. And and I'm bringing it up because I kind of have like a regret of not selling it because I was scared that the the musicians that I used were going to come after me. Um, sp- interesting specifically like the song i used like there was like a uh, an indie artist who i really really like um he goes by coma cinema he also goes by elvis de presley he doesn't even go under those names anymore i think he's over it at this point but just these super heartfelt songs and i couldn't bring like i've you know i've heard this dude's fucking message you know listening to his music and it's like I don't feel right charging for this knowing what this guy's kind of feeling like I don't and in retrospect I kind of feel like I should have just hucked it and sold him anyway and if he had anything like had a, a beef with it be like here dude I'll cut you some you know you want some percentage here's the percentage because I think in retrospect that if I could have sold the video and then you know split that money amongst the riders maybe the vibes would have stayed better longer because you know like you said fallouts people go different ways all kinds of shit yeah it's difficult right and even uh selling the videos was like an interesting thing with my friends where like i will be straight up i took all the money from it because i put you know three years of my life of filming editing i paid for the computers i paid for the cameras i paid for everything right? right but at the end of it I did pay for a good portion of the uh, the premiere and everything that we did. And, you know, it's kind of not, I don't know, as a team, you guys should, like, put money into it, right? But I paid for 
pretty much everything. So I figured I should get all of the money from that mm -hmm. just so that we can go and film more videos, right? Right. Um, and like, I don't know, there really wouldn't have been that much money to make, you yeah, know? Yeah, Maybe people would have got like 20, 30 bucks and like, is that really, <laughs> you know, a big deal? Yeah. Um, I did give them free videos at the end of it, obviously. Like I gave them a couple uh, free DVDs each and uh, I wish honestly that I could pay everybody, but at the same time, there's not enough money to pay everybody. Mm -hmm. Like it's something that they volunteered to do. They wanted to be in the video and that's kind of what you get out of it is that you're in a video. Right. Um, right. But yeah, going back on selling and making like money off of someone else's music too. I never really thought too much about that. Um, I did pay for uh, music from my buddy Jason and I also paid the artist who was making all the artwork for the videos. Um, and I definitely paid uh, the photographer as well that took photos for the zine and just was involved in the project as wow. well. Um, so, you know, the people that actually were putting in work and doing stuff outside of just going out and riding their bikes, essentially, they did get some money, which is good. Um, but other musicians that, you know, are bigger that we use their music, I didn't pay them just because how am I going to, right? right and yeah. when it comes to a DVD like that, like if they sent me a cease and, a cease and desist, then I guess I'd stop, but <laughs> I haven't sold videos in years, and I really only ever sold, I think, 300 DVDs total out of all two videos, so it's, it's not that money. Like, Yeah, and it's almost come full circle in a way, where like, if you want to get away with having a dope-ass song, you kind of have to sell it as a DVD, because yeah. it's not kind of... I mean, maybe if you if you can finesse the Insta or the YouTube, you know, I, I think there's some kind of invisible ceiling there where certain people are allowed to use songs and other people aren't. I'm not so so sure how it works, but the easy way around it is there definitely is. Yeah, you know, there definitely is. The yeah, the way that that works, I think, is literally like YouTube would go through and find different things within your profile. Like uh, I even tested it at one point, but in our first video, when that one was on YouTube, mm -hmm. they immediately struck it down because of the name of it, which makes sense. Um, but it wasn't YouTube that struck it down. It was the music groups. So it was like Warner Brothers. They took it down immediately. And we're like, nope, you can't post it publicly. You can't have a link to it. It can't be on this website whatsoever. Do you know? But then if you go and upload... They had like four or five songs in oh, that video, okay, gotcha. so I think having that many of them mm. really didn't help either. But I mean, people upload their songs all the time to YouTube, and no issues at all when they do it, right? So right. I think it depends on like the content of the video. Yeah, for my video, it was called "Fucks with It," and of all the music that we used, I it was like a minute long section that got the whole video taken down off YouTube because I I was asked basically I was asking people what songs they wanted and my buddy Sage at the time he was like this young kid like monster of a young rider and he wanted um this song that was used in I guess Grand Theft Auto he was playing a lot of video games and I, I was none the wiser and I was like okay I'm gonna go find this song and I popped it in there and that shit fucking got that video taken down with the quickness Oof, yeah. that's rough, man. Yeah, that's uh, that sucks. Honestly, I think when it comes to music, I understand that like, you know, they want to make their money too. But the way, like, the system doesn't work. 
You know, you can't just strike down videos and say, nope, you can't post that. That has a minute of our content. It's like, yeah, but it has years of my life <laughs> of like editing and it has so many other things and it's not about your song, you know, it's about this and your song just so happens to be in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I'd be totally fine if people cut up clips of my show like and p- uploaded them. That's a huge thing with podcasting is that there's so many different YouTube channels out there that literally just take clips from people's show and upload them and they make money off of it. Mm-hmm. And like, dude, it doesn't matter to me because right now I'm not doing that. Like mm-hmm. if I uploaded the clips myself, then I'd be getting those views, but I'm not doing that. So in you know hindsight, like, I don't know, I think if you do have that happening and people are doing that, you kind of just have to be stoked on it and say, oh, well, more eyes on me, I guess. Like, yeah. Which I think kind of pays off in its own way, you know? Right. So with the yeah, so um, I don't, yeah, but with the yeah YouTube channel, I made it so it was not monetized because I, I, right. I wanted people, even people that didn't have YouTube premium, I wanted you to be able to click on it and know that you weren't going to have to sit through ads to see my shit. I did that on purpose because I want, this was like coming out of the realm of, when BMX was still half on Vimeo where Vimeo didn't have ads at all. So you didn't have to work like was kind of trying to keep it pure in a sense. And then if I used the wrong song, they would kick an ad in front of it. And I, I remember like the first couple of times that happened and I was like, that beats getting it fucking taken down all day. I'll, yeah. It's fine with me. Like, go ahead, throw an ad in there, but let me, let me rock with this. I definitely hate when they do that and then there's ads all throughout the video that and then there's ads through. Yeah. Yeah. You can't yeah, do it's ads the worst. Through. They uh I had Sebastian Keep on my show no at way. some point and uh they tried to take down that podcast because there was uh footage from Top Gear in it cuz we talked about his uh his you know time that he spent on Top Gear. Oh shit. And we like showed the footage and that's allowed. You can go and make like, you know, you can make videos that use other people's footage as long as you cut it up and you do it in a constructive way, right? Um, that's a big thing that they absolutely allow with fair use. So I had to fight like, you know, I had to send an email saying, hey, you guys can't do that. That's not legal. You have to let this video go essentially. Like it has to be up. Yeah, man, it's weird. Podcasting is like, awesome but sometimes you just have these weird fucking things like that like i really enjoy doing the episodes with local dudes because i don't have any stress like that but Mm -hmm. then i stress about like numbers and listeners and if people are actually enjoying it and dude i'm sure you get this where like you work your ass off on an episode and then it goes out and you're like super hyped you think that like the content is awesome and that people are really going to enjoy it and you don't hear from anybody. Like you <laughs> see the numbers, you see people download it, you see people do all this stuff, but then you don't hear anything. Like not even a message from someone saying like, "Oh, you know, good episode." Yeah, it it definitely seems like what I've noticed is like there's like a creep. Like when I first drop an episode, it's like not quite ever. Like there's probably like forty people that will definitely pick up on it immediately, and outside of that, it like the numbers will slowly creep for like the next two, three weeks, which is kind of crazy because I listen to a lot of podcasts, but usually when I listen to them, I'm so caught up that I'm listening to them the day they come out and I'm kind of forgetting that Same like, here. the normal person's probably not that way. 
they might be downloading them or queuing them up and getting to them when they can. So it's like, wow, it's like a delayed reaction in a way. It's like dropping like, you know, dropping dye into like the fluid, you know, you can see it spread out. It takes a while for it to get out there. Yeah, it does. And I got to remind myself of that. Like, uh, this past month was our like September was the best month for downloads in probably the last six months, which is like really good. You know, I did upload uh, two episodes that I was really stoked on the us them episode and then uh, my episode with Akram from uh, the UAE. Um, really good episodes in my mind. It was a good way to get back into the flow of things because before that it had been a good two three months since since I had done an episode, wow. which is like. A long time for me, man. Normally, yeah. I try to do one every two-ish weeks. Um, but yeah, this past year, like I was saying earlier, has been a lot slower. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, wow. But yeah, other than that, like podcasting is great. You know, I really enjoy it. But it just sometimes those like little things where you have to go back and forth with a company, or you have all this work that you put into it just so that, you know, a random company on the internet can take it down and say, Hey, you used uh, 30 <laughs> seconds of our footage. You know, you can't have that. Yeah. And it's like BMX is so small and like, we're, you know, we're lucky to have anybody doing podcasts regularly. So the fact that like people are getting fucked with, it's just like annoying. Cause it's like, we don't, I was talking to brand about this. Like there's, very few people that are consistent and i feel like it's bigger it's a bigger statement but i feel like bmx can be a bastard to itself where like absolutely everybody's do like anybody that's in control seems to be just phoning it in doing the most minimal bullshit to get by and it's like you got these younger guns like yourself who's like going above and beyond what you can get from anybody else like i saw that dig picked up cano nose i thought that was pretty cool I'm not sure if you saw that. Yeah. No, I'm super stoked on that, man. I think mm-hmm. it's awesome. I, uh, I've i definitely always wanted to work with a company like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it would be cool to kind of do a podcast for, like, a bigger company. Um, that could but just at the same time, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, it's also, like, I would rather have the rights to my show or, you know, the like end goal and the end say of how things will go. Mm-hmm. And that way, if my show fucks up and it's not good, or if it's, you know, starting to go down, it's on me, not anybody else. Right. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. Part but, of the uh, fun is the freedom I'm, you have. Definitely. I'm super stoked for, uh, his name's Bobby. Is it not? I believe it is Bobby Canode. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, dude, he's killing it. Absolutely love it. I always see clips on Instagram. It's really cool the guests that he's been able to get on. I found that like doing my show, getting a reputation was the hardest part, you know? Like mm. getting these kind of bigger name guests isn't easy. And very early on, I realized that, right? Like I just happened to get lucky and have a rooftop on the show. And in my mind, that's the worst episode I ever did because I was underprepared. I did it at a very weird time. I think it was midnight here and 9 p.m. in L.A. And uh, I just didn't take it as seriously as I should have, right? Like when I had Van Holman on, I spent weeks like writing out questions, getting stuff prepared. And then afterwards, I went through and edited everything. When I had Rooftop on, it was still done live. And it was done with 
phone calls, not Zoom calls, so it's already more difficult. You can't see expressions from people. Right. Um, which I think is like the added bonus of doing video. Like even yes. if you're going to do an audio only show, do it with like Zoom video just so you can see that the other person is actually there. Absolutely. Like, that's a big thing. Yeah, dude. But, um, my uh, my the first big name I guess you could say I got was Jim Selinski and I my armpits I fucking sweated through like two t-shirts because like once I saw him on the camera and he was like dead center of the camera looking right at like through the lens I geeked out like I like got fucking fanned out even over a video call I'm like I can't believe you're being this cool right now like holy shit dude that's always something I talk about with BMX is that like what other community can you join where you can just send a message to the one of the top people, right? And they might just message back and hang out on a phone call with you for a couple hours, right? Like, yeah. it's so stressful at times because, like, I don't know, I take BMX so seriously and I think about, like, the accomplishments that people have been able to do on a bike. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about, like, what they mean to our community. And it's almost as if meeting a famous person, right? Like, yeah, I don't know if some people are good with that, but even myself, like through doing this show, I've gotten a lot better at it. But dude, I can't sit here and say that I wasn't nervous and like, <laughs> you know, butterflies in my stomach talking to Van or Drew or any of these people. And Drew, I've known for years, like we've talked plenty of times beforehand, but like just getting that interview is so weird, man. Like, I don't know, the pressure is really on. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you get to ask, but the, I mean, the plus side is you get to ask your questions. So like I would hear other BMX podcasts and I'm like, this was like a while ago, like years ago, I would hear stuff and I'd be like, that makes me think of this and this, like, why don't we talk about this? Cause it was like, we have so much history, but our websites keep getting deleted out from underneath us and magazines go under. So there's like not a whole lot of catalog, like for example, on skate, it, it seems like th- you can find, like if the come up never went away and if the ride servers stayed up, we'd have so much content to like look back on, especially during a key moment of like mid 2000s era stuff, you know, like before Dude, that absolutely. everything was videos on regular hard copies anyways, but it's like the beginning of the whole online sweep got deleted from Vimeo, from the come up, from the ride. And like what you have left is maybe the dig site, maybe BMX Union, but those are only as good as the web hosting, the video hosting would be. So if your video got deleted off Vimeo, sure, dig can put you there, but you still can't watch it. So it's like, what are we gonna do? Dude, absolutely. Yeah, when uh, when I uploaded you know trailers to my videos, I would always send it out to uh, the bigger companies, and whenever they would share it. I would post it on Facebook and I go through my Facebook memories. I'm like, oh, dude, this is the day that, you know, Dig or Ride UK or even uh, Ride BMX posted our video. Like, I'm going to click on it and see what they said. And then you go and it's not there. And like, dude, one of my biggest regrets is like not taking screenshots or doing like even just, you know, a video of my stuff on their website. Like, because essentially that's nowadays uh, BMX magazine, right? Like, it's not. There's not a lot of magazines that come out, and the ones that do, I really enjoy. Right, like uh, 
I really think that the yearly thing that uh, Dig has been doing mm-hmm. works really well with the kind of restraints that come with it. Like, unfortunately, we don't get a magazine every two months now, right. but you get one once a year, and it's really good, and it's also nice to have something that shows everything that happened that year, right? Yeah. Um, Even if yeah, it's going just back like on a re- snippet of it. Sorry. Yeah, of course. Um, going back on research and whatnot, like that's one of the hardest things, man, is when I have a guest who has been riding for so long – Sometimes finding their footage or finding uh, like photos and magazines can be the most difficult part. I just got lucky and was able to buy a bunch of magazines. Um, so I constantly look through those to just find stuff, might find something and then take a photo of it and then throw it on the computer to go in the final edit. Um, yeah. But then other than that, I really like 23mag. I don't know if you know that site. Uh, I'm not super familiar with it actually. Dude, look it up. It's awesome. Uh, 23 Mag, I think BMX. Um, they It's like a forum site where you can just look up like a rider's name and it'll have a bunch of stuff about them. Is this it? It's super sick, man. Yeah, this is it. This is like one of my favorite things with research is just scrolling through this site. Are these issues but they have, you like, can page through? Uh, potentially. I think these are just the issues themselves and it'll talk about what's in it. So this is super helpful. Like I can look up um, an issue of a magazine that I have, figure out what's in it, and then go and find it in that magazine. But then you can look up like riders. So if you look up like Van Homan in the top corner there, yeah, it'll say like everything that he's done. Um, So then click Van Homan at twenty three mag. And it'll literally have like pages with Holy dates beside shit. it. Holy shit! Yeah, man, I can't believe you've never heard of this. This is like one of my favorite websites. I feel like I've seen the name before, but I didn't know it had such a good cataloging process to it. Yeah, I wonder who's running it because they don't have a lot of stuff from recent years, oh. so it's kind of difficult to find newer stuff. Um, but it'd be really cool if somebody got on that, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of room in BMX for more of uh, the cataloging, but uh, I mean it's a labor of love. And I said this, I said this to Brant, and I said it to Gromdad, uh, uh, that the people who are in the, who have you know gotten older and are able to give back, that's usually about the time where they check out and dip off, which you know everybody's got to do what they got to do, you know. Of course, yeah, yeah. I find sometimes. You know, the love of BMX and giving back can be difficult because it is a thankless job at the end of the day. It's not a lot and it's not often that people actually step out of their way to say like, hey, you've improved BMX in this way and we thank you for it, you know. And I know that that's not like it's not needed and people shouldn't have to do that if they don't want to. But it does make people feel incredibly good, right? Like when I, I used to do a lot of BMX jams, like a couple a year mm-hmm. and I've really slowed down. I haven't done one in a couple of years. Um, but whenever I do them, it's a lot of work setting everything up. And then at the end of it, you know, the day was awesome and it's great, but sometimes, I don't know, you just don't feel the love back. If that makes sense. Yeah. You could feel like you're just spinning your wheels. You can feel like you overextended, you know? I, oh yeah, that happened to me with the video fucking premieres, dude. So I fucked with it. I I wanted to premiere in Philly and in Harrisburg. Uh, I'm from Central PA, so I grew up in between Pittsburgh and Philly. So 
growing up and learning about BMX and realizing that this shit was only happening like three, four hours away, like got me so jazzed up. So I wanted to have these premieres and a lot of the people in the video were younger than 21, right? And I got this one place, this one venue, I hooked it up, this big ass screen, it's gonna be awesome. And it's it's a bar, but it's gonna be during the day when no one's there. But they still wouldn't let my fucking friends in who drove two, two and a half fucking hours to come to the fucking premiere of their own video. Yeah. So we got to watch it and it was just like me and like two or three other people you know the bartenders were having a great time and it's like can you just let my fucking homie in like we're not going to sneak beers the whole point is to watch this video like yeah there's, there's yeah like, that really sucks man yeah so it's just like you know you put all this work into stuff and like you try to get it as lined up as you can and sometimes yikes sometimes things just don't pan out you know no. i got pretty lucky because with the premiere of space goats like everybody in the community was pretty hyped that the video was coming out and i managed to find a place um that would let us go there and i just ended up buying a projector and buying everything that i needed to get the premiere ready mm -hmm. but this place was like a, it's a ping pong bar so you know at first i was like yeah this might be cool like this might work out and by the time that i got everything set up and people were like flowing in is like well there's too many people like i can't have people playing ping pong and then on top of that it was like there's people sneaking in beer and then you know, people are getting way too rowdy at this place, which is like awesome. I love it. That's totally me. But uh, I definitely got an angry email from the owner of that venue the next day. There's like a buddy of mine who's super tall, and then he takes a buddy of his, puts him on his shoulders, and they grab the open sign and put it as high as they can in the front window where <laughs> they literally can't – they get a ladder to try and get it down, and they can't get it down. And these guys are just laughing hysterically, refusing to help them. Oh, um, and then we had like a punk show there right afterwards too. So people are like, you know, they're moshing, pushing each other. It's loud as fuck. Um, it was an awesome time, you know. But mm -hmm. yeah, I just, again, I got lucky. Like people were super hyped on the video and it worked out for me. But unfortunately, I guess for others it doesn't. It really sucks that that didn't work out for your video, you know. I mean, not to not to say how great mine was, but <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. But I, I think I think as as we get older and and you've you've kind of gained and lost a little bit, it gives you that new respect. Like um, now, whenever anybody throws on a jam, I have like the utmost respect for the jam. Like when people ask me to throw some yeah goodies in towards a jam, I'm like, of course, like. I know that this isn't easy. I know you're, you know, it's a thankless thing. So let's, and it's also a chance to give back to the community. And it, the same thing goes with bike shops. Like I know what it's like to, to work in a bike shop. I know what, you know, what kind of margins they're fucking with and how hard it is to get a decent living out of it. So when, you know, when a shop has something going on, it's, it's always great to share. And I love seeing shops do good. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Bike shops are uh, they're hard to come by nowadays. We're pretty lucky here where we have a lot of mountain bike shops in town. Um, and then there's an awesome BMX shop only 20, 30 minutes away, uh, backpedaling. I had the owner on my show a little while ago. Clay is wild, man. That guy has a bike collection like no one else. It's mm -hmm. 
incredible. He has hundreds of like some of the oldest bikes on earth, uh, just like hidden away in a warehouse. Um, super cool guy. But then on top of that too, we have Harvester Bikes, who's probably the best BMX shop in Ontario, at least Ontario. And he constantly is doing jams. He does YouTube videos. He's uh, does weekly bike r- like uh, rides as well, like BMX rides. So uh, every Wednesday they do a shop ride where everybody meets at the shop. It's literally a mini jam. There's like 40, 50 people that show up every time. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's like it really shows that when you put the effort in and you really try and you show that you give a fuck, people will give back, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Harvest is a great example of that. But that dude, his life is BMX and that bike shop. Right. Like there's not a day. He misses so many things just because of that. Like mm-hmm. so many jams that I've had that are on the weekend. I'm like, dude, come out, ride. He's like, I can't. I got to run the shop, right? Like yeah. it sucks. But uh, yeah, he uh, he definitely puts in the effort, which is awesome. Right. And it's super cool to see other people that do too. Like uh this is kind of off topic, but it does go back into, you know, putting in the effort and whatnot. What was your, uh, oh my God, what's the wording here? Sorry. Um, what did you do for Ride PA? Because I really like this. I think that Ride PA is sick. I really love that there is a magazine basically all about Pennsylvania, you know? Yeah. Um, that's uh, Mike Purcell's uh, baby right there. Um, he he uh started an instagram is actually a website back before their social media he wanted to have a blog that was dedicated to just pa stuff and then he did an instagram and the instagram got a lot of following so then he wanted to do a magazine and he tapped me to help him with the graphic design of it and like laying out the text and the type and so like i said like when when the photos came in i was very like i don't want to you know, the first issue to me was very, very basic because I was just trying not to step on any kind of like invisible BMX toes, you know. And then from there on out, we started getting a little bit more content. And then we added Tasha, Tasha Lindemann. She's a photographer, graphic designer. She came in with her spreads and I was like, whoa, I didn't know we could design like this. I mean, realistically, I was just being like small minded. I don't know why. But seeing how well she was doing, I was like, all right, I need to step it up. So like the most recent issue, we we tried a little bit harder and something happened where I like I fucked up and forgot like a page of her spread. And like the issue has to be like a certain amount of pages and Percy and I both looked through it up and down and then we both agreed on it to go print. And then when we found that issue, we were both like fucking gutted. So we made it up. We, yeah. we told her like next issue, you're going to get us, you're going to get a look, see on the, the final as well before we go for it. So, you know, it's a lot of, thankfully Percy does a really good job of organizing all the content for me, you know, and then from there I'll lay it out and then we kind of go back and forth and kind of massage it until it's decent. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, again, anything print anything that you can hold like physical copies it's so far and like in between nowadays right it's not a lot of people that do it and when people actually do that i love it i think it's sweet right like even the new uh, us them video um it shows up in a zine like yeah. there's photos there's something there that you can hold and i mean i have a dvd player but there's so many people that nowadays don't so like 
just getting a zine in itself and maybe a digital download code is like perfect for a lot of people. Right. And uh, I I want to show you something. I mean, I guess yeah, it, dude, let's see. It's nothing crazy, but I did just buy it specifically for this reason. I went ahead and bought a disk drive. Nice. For specifically DVDs. Because like I have a DVD player in, in, in the living room, but it's like. When when the old lady's watching Bachelor in Paradise, you're not prying her away from the TV, so you kind of have to have there a way around go. it. And I mean, I mean, or you could have a whole war room like you got, and then you can just watch as as much shit anywhere you want to. I mean, yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty lucky. When Taylor and I moved in together, I told her right away, I'm like, I need a room specifically for me, or else <laughs> this just isn't gonna work. Like, I have to have you know a space. Um, and it's worked out pretty well. Like I've got a big record collection now, so I can keep everything over there and then, uh, have, you know, everything set up for podcasts constantly. Cause if I wanted to do a podcast the way that like I normally do and have multiple cameras and have lights and everything, mm-hmm. it would be so difficult to just have to set everything up every time. It would take hours. It yeah. already takes me, you know, good hour to just get the audio correct, get the video set up, get everything cleaned up in here and presentable. Um, oh, yeah, yeah I guess like, so, yeah. Well, because we live here too, right? Like yeah. this is literally just one of the rooms in our house and it's one of the most frequently used ones. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, do, you, uh, do you have any non-BMX podcasts you listen to? Oh, dude, I pretty much listen to only... Uh, like non BMX podcasts exclusively. Like I, uh, I feel bad. I really should listen to more BMX podcasts. Um, but I think it's just somebody who does it themselves. It's pretty difficult to sometimes listen to others as well. I don't know. You probably don't feel this way. Cause you were talking about, uh, quite a few others earlier. Oh yeah. I was like listening to a lot of them and kind of getting ideas. But what I noticed is when it comes to BMX podcast, because I know the content that people are talking about so well, a lot of the times I can listen to a BMX podcast on two X speed and not even feel like it's fast until like, nice. Yeah. I really should do that because you're like, no, you're good. Um, yeah. Cause unless it's somebody starts talking really fast, otherwise you can kind of get away with it. But, um, yeah, absolutely. I pretty much only listen to like uh, comedy podcasts or just um, sometimes some other ones too. Like uh, there's a band I'm really into called Propagandi and there's a podcast on them where basically every episode this dude will like dissect certain songs uh, for like three hours. He'll bring on other musicians and whatnot um, and it'll be like an episode strictly on one song and uh Propagandi, they're a Canadian political punk band. They're absolutely incredible. They're one of my favorite bands of all time. But uh, their lyrics are super well thought out. And Chris Hanna, the vocalist and guitar player from that band, is just, he's a genius, man. He's so smart. And then on top of that, he really gives a fuck about, you know, the way that the earth is. And he wants things to be different. Like, they're kind of preachy in a way where, like, you'll go to one of their shows and, there, it'll be absolutely packed, but then there'll be like a girl on stage talking about why everybody is shitty for not being vegan and stuff like that. And <laughs> personally, dude, like I'm all for it. I personally am not vegan, but I definitely think about, you know, the 
consumption that we have on meat and animals and whatnot, I think it's awful. But at the same time, I'm still contributing to it. You know, mm-hmm. I really should change that. But, uh, dude, their music is just so incredible. I think, uh, a lot of people should definitely check them out, but that podcast is super sick. I listen to that almost weekly. Right. Um, yeah, they're really, really cool. I like them. Awesome. Are you familiar with the Ari Shafir podcast? Yep. Oh, definitely. I really yeah, like Ari's his, awesome. uh, his concept like is like a theme where he'll just bullshit for the first half hour about the episode. Like if it, it feels it's drawn out in a way, but it kind of feels warm because he's kind of giving you a little bit of like a intro. And at the end, he gives you like, a, like an outro of like a synopsis of how he's feeling about what the conversation was. And then the music he picks, he always would pick songs that relate to the topics and I was doing that for a while. For like every guest I would have, I would play a different outro song. That I would ask the guest to pick a song, and I'll just play as the outro. But then I was flagging, is fucking me up on the YouTube. But it's like, yep. But I'm already pulling up YouTube to show videos, so I'm kind of getting copyright copyright strikes from both ends. So, from both, yeah. So it's kind of like whatever. Yeah. Have you listened to uh, the Duncan Trussell Family Hour that podcast? Oh yeah. Dude, super cool. I love Duncan. I think he's uh, hilarious for one, but his podcast is just so cool. I love that like he just runs wild when it comes to the ads and mm. everything else. And his for people who don't listen, he also uh, loves like synthesi- uh, synthesizers. There we go. I think that's how you pronounce that. But he's super into music, so he just makes this like weird music every episode to kind of go with his show. He'll have like weird uh ad reads and stuff yeah dude he's super cool i really love his show um and people might have seen the midnight gospel his netflix show where they literally take episodes of his podcast and cut it together to make like an animated show right the first episode of that show is with uh dr drew too which was a really cool episode yeah. liked it yeah he's he's really good i'm i was fortunate enough to see him in person once like a like a show and um oh that's sick he had like a um i don't know what the right word is for it like not a buddha but but like one of his like spiritual advisors i don't know what they're called with him and it was gonna it was like a a whole show about that but before it started he's like just trying to warm up the crowd and he's like you yell out something you yell out something you yell out something and i'm gonna i'm gonna tie this all together and he did it so well i was like I was blown away. I kind of felt like a superpower just watching it happen on like in real life. Like, damn, like you're an entertainer, man. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. I'm super into a lot of those like comedy podcasts. There's uh, some other ones too, about like video games and stuff that I like as Mm -hmm. well. Um, And just like some that are just outright ridiculous. Like uh, I really like this show called PKA and it's, Dude, I don't know why I love this show so much, but it's just like three washed up YouTubers essentially. And they just talk about like relative, like newer news stuff, but they always have, you know, just great banter. The three of them make like perfect hosts, Mm -hmm. you know, they're great. Yeah. I, I follow some nerdy shit and like, sometimes I'm like, why am I even listening to this? And I'm like, it's because these people kind of get along and they kind of go back and forth. And like that alone is like worth listening to you know like being able to hear people sh- like fuck with each other a little bit and uh definitely what's um 
what's in the what's next for you? Do you got any any guests that you haven't gotten that you that you want to get? What's a what's the plan? I don't know, man. I've got a lot of stuff that I do want to do. Um, I've done you know a hundred episodes of BMX stuff, and I kind of want to start to transition to more uh, music and maybe some other stuff too. Just some like cooler guests. But also still focus a lot on BMX. You know, like at the end of the day, it is a BMX podcast. It's always what I've done. Um, and I'm not too sure if listeners would really want that, right? If they want me to change things up. Um, but I would love to have on like musical guests and uh, kind of move towards that maybe a little bit more. Um, but yeah, for BMX, man, I still want to have on so many other people. Like, uh, I really should send Boyd another message, but I really want to talk to Boyd Hilder for a while. Um, he's just absolutely a shredder. Mm -hmm. And then just more local people, too. Like, uh, there's an episode that's not out yet, but I'm currently editing it. And it's just with a friend of mine, Andrew Barker, who's uh, always been a very, like, sick dude in the community, older guy. He's always stoked on BMX. And he's not really, like, somebody who's done a lot within the scene. But if you've been to any of my jams, you would know exactly who I'm talking about. And uh, people always enjoy hanging out with him. And he's got some wild stories just about BMX, you know, 35 years ago in this area. And then on top of that, just like the crazy shit that he used to get up to. So currently kind of working towards getting that episode uploaded. Um, but yeah, what about yourself? What do you got going on? Ah, oh, man, nothing, nothing. I. I, I, uh, I haven't reached out to anybody for a little bit and you were actually like the first person to reach out in a while. Um, Brant Moore reached out to me, had me, had me on his, which was really cool. I was super, um, super honored to, to be on there. Fuck man. You threw me off by asking me a question. I wasn't expecting you. To no, dude, that that's okay. Me, uh, yeah, I, uh, Personally, man, I'd love to have you on my show at some point very soon. Like I know we had originally talked about having you on uh, this week. So if we can make something happen, maybe we'll do that. Um, but even next week, it would be sick to sit down with you and uh, chat more in depth on everything you've done, you know? Dude, that'd be awesome. Absolutely. And I, and when it comes to subject matter, I think you should totally follow that narrative of just whatever's interesting to you because if not, you're going to burn yourself out, you know? Like – I, I don't necessarily, not every episode I've done of Different Spokes has actually been about BMX. And sometimes it's about computer shit. Like I've done one called Geek, a couple, I tried to make a series called Geeked Up where it's like, you know what you're getting into just by the title. Like this is going to be some nerdy shit. But if you're a nerdy and you're a bike rider, it might just fucking go right into what you want. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple dream guests that i have that i'd love to get on one of them i think is actually possible the other one there's no way i'm not big enough for his time you know what i mean mm -hmm. um but one of them is uh this dude has a youtube channel called hate five six right uh yeah. yeah so he just goes to like different punk shows and hardcore shows sometimes ska shows and does incredible video work for these guys and films it as a multi-cam live performance essentially yeah and i absolutely love this guy's channel he used to ride bmx mm -hmm. apparently yeah. so i would love to do an episode with him i gotta hit him up um dude i bet he'd be but dumb. yeah i don't know him personally but like i know 
he's from Philly or he's in the Philly area and we've kind of like run across the same ground, but never actually met or anything. So I'm like, I'm pretty aware of who you're talking about. And like, I, I don't know him at all, but I feel like he would. I feel like he'd do it. I got to send him a message. Um, but that might happen soon. I'd like to get him on. It would be really cool to chat with him and it would be a good transition into more music stuff, especially considering a lot of the bands that he listens to or, you know, goes to their performances I enjoy, you know, like it's all stuff that I love. Um, but then other than that, I would love to have this YouTube dude named uh, Colin Furs. I don't know if you know who this guy is. Mm-hmm. He has like 10, 11 million subscribers and he's basically an inventor. He just Holy builds shit. like the craziest shit. But this dude, he uh, used to ride BMX, Flatland. And I talked to him on Instagram the one day about it. He was in an Instagram live and I was just like, sending him so many BMX questions all at once. And he only answered one or two of them. Um, I think he had said that he doesn't ride anymore, but it'd be really cool to chat with him about BMX and why he kind of transitioned to doing what he does now. Um, You should definitely check him out. He's super sick. Yeah. I'm looking at his channel now. Holy shit. He's like Mr. Beast in a way. Whoops. Yeah. He's building a tunnel underneath his house to his garage, to his bunker like yeah the dude is so wild man he's uh <laughs> he's got such a great sense of humor and the music that he has on his show is like really cool as well um wow. i think he would be an awesome guest but i don't know if that would ever happen but as for uh just you know bmx people in general i've had a lot of my heroes on the show and it's pretty sweet to look back and think about that and i think that that's the problem that i've been having too is that i'm feeling a lot more burnt out these days from doing the show and I need to spice it up and do something different with it. And I'm trying to find like just good guests. Like, I don't know if you go through this, but sometimes I'll just send out like so many invites all at once, just trying to get someone, you know, and nothing. Yeah. And it really sucks when that happens. But then all of a sudden, a couple months later, you start hearing back from people and things start to kind of move, which is nice. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like lately, I've been kind of having a hard time thinking of good guess. I uh, I've never reached out to more than like three people at once because I'm like afraid that they will get back to me, and I never, I don't know. Like, I should do that. I should carpet bomb some DMs, but I haven't yet. But I think because like that's the tr- that's the trick for me is like I have to reach out and DM all these people. And then get a hold of them. So I don't know. It's it's a lot of work. Like, yeah, it's tough, man. And forecasting and it, like having it scheduled so that way you can have somebody like once every week or once every two or three weeks. I used to be really good at that when I was doing this full time, right? Like I would have a guest lined up every uh, week or I would have episodes banked where I could upload them. Right. And what I really need to do is just go on like throughout this winter i really should just do a bunch of episodes and then bank them all and just kind of upload them slowly but the only problem with that is that things change so quickly in today's world where like i don't want to be talking about something and then have to completely cut it out by the time it goes live because it's something that you know hasn't really been a topic for a while Mm -hmm. um and when it comes to mass dms like it gets difficult because when people do start to message you back you start to have to like weigh the value of each guest where you're like, I want to have both on, but who is going to get, you know, 
better stories, who's going to have, you know, a better episode in general. And I feel bad because uh, I messaged Catfish years ago about having him on my show and they just never got back to him. And I felt like such a dick. And now it's like it's one of those things where, you know, I built a good reputation at this point, but I want to go back and have him on. But I don't know if he's just going to be like, fuck you. Like you ghosted me. We didn't end up doing that episode. So yeah. I don't think he'd be like that. He seems like a pretty chill dude. But I don't know. It's just one of those things I have in my mind, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things I guess you don't know until you try and it and then you once you do you'll know what temperature the water is right definitely yeah yeah i was supposed to have adam 22 on as well i really got to send him a message back but that dude is so busy where i'm like i don't know if he's actually going to be interested to talk about the come up and bmx for two hours on someone else's show right he's got so <laughs> many other things that he's doing um <laughs> laying <pipe>. yeah he's <laughs> just, exactly right <laughs> Dude, I'd love to chat with him just because, like, as much as people, like, love or hate him, the come-up was huge, and it did a lot for BMX, and, like, that whole era of BMX is, like, so prevalent, right? Even, like, today, there's so many riders who their whole style was built on the come-up, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'd say most people nowadays, or not even most people, I should say that, but, you know, a, a certain demographic for sure, absolutely, it's, like, where else were you going for a little bit? Hell yeah. They, he had a monopoly on the market. Definitely, yeah. And he was, you know, I think he was one of the first, like, real BMX podcasts, too, was he not? Yeah. Yeah, actually. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, who was doing it beforehand. I wrote an article about when he started podcasting, I was still in blog mode, and I wrote a blog post about the podcast saying i think podcasts are the future da, da 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 and i used a picture of tom hanks like back in the day you would just have like a blog header image of the post of the article that you would click to read the rest and right a picture of tom hanks from castaway and, and i wrote podcasts are the future of bmx and he's just looking all like confused because I, I, <laughs> I feel like that's what where bmx was at the time where everyone's just kind of like emerging from their caves like what and yeah, people thought that I had started a podcast when I dropped that little blog post, and I was like, "No, no, not yet." Just thought, just thinking about it real hard here. <laughs> Hell yeah, um, yeah, man. I think uh, it's tough because with podcasting, a lot of the biggest podcasts in the world are like, you know, they started right when podcasts were beginning right so like they've got a huge reputation and i think nowadays it's really difficult to get people to be interested sometimes and it sucks but it's also like you got to earn it you know it mm -hmm. makes you feel real good when you do hit like milestones yeah absolutely and it's definitely a milestone of mine to have you on this podcast that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> well thank you i uh i don't know how to reply to that <laughs> hey, man. Having fellow fellow BMX podcasters on is, is definitely key to what I'd like to do with what I'm doing. Um, another thing, another thing I like to do with different spokes is is to promote wellness. Um, I'm not trying to be preachy or anything. I'm just no, of course, curious how everybody gets by because I'm 36 and I might ride once a week, but I have to work out like two or three times a week so that way I don't Dude. get broke the fuck off on that session 
So I was curious if yeah. you do anything, stretching, any kind of tips or tricks that you might have. So this is going to be a little off topic, I guess. But uh, I mean, if you've listened to the show, you'll know that I am a huge craft beer fan. I absolutely love craft beer. I constantly like, dude, I drink so much. It's bad. Like I drink a couple times a day. Uh, you know, I might have two, three tall boys, um, but it's like IPAs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's been like that for a while. And I've got to the point where I'm like, I got to fucking cut it out. So I've been doing Sober October. I started a day late because I'm an adult and I can choose, uh, <laughs> mainly because I was at a concert and I was like, well, I got to kill some time before this, so I might as well. But uh, yeah, I think I'm five days in at this point and it's wild the change, right? Like I wouldn't say that I'm like an alcoholic or anything, but like, dude, five days in and it feels pretty good. Um but yeah, other than that, I started Muay Thai literally last night, Holy which shit, is like cool. another way just to get fit. Um, and it's been something that I've been wanting to do for a while. So I'm super excited for it. But uh, other than that, when I go out riding, most of the time I ride to the skate park. So you get a couple minutes to kind of like stretch out as you're going and then obviously take your time, right? Like when I do like big long trips where we do like a week long, I'll typically stretch every night Mm -hmm. and like kind of you know take my time with it because you're there for a week right you got to be able to ride every single day yeah um yeah but yeah for yourself what do you do oh i stretch i stretch every morning and night i foam roller at night um i i have like a in my chest i kind of have like a little divot in my sternum and like I noticed that when I use the foam roller, my chest will crack, and I don't know if it's good or bad, but it kind of it feels like I sleep better at night when I foam roller right before bed. But um, stretching, yoga every morning, stretching. Um, I, dude, so I, I I just bought this house like May, April or May of twenty twenty one, and nice, dude, congrats. Thanks, man. It's it's been a hell of a ride because a lot of people want to congratulate you and bring favors over and beers over. And I love, I love IPAs. Basically, if I've seen an IPA I haven't tried yet, I'm trying it because I, and I've kind of developed like a palate and, you know, I, I enjoy the, the taste of certain stuff, but you know, I gained 40 pounds immediately as soon as we got the house. So it was kind of like, I just kept drinking and drinking like, wasn't even that all that much but it just kept happening and lately i've been trying to dial it back and every once in a while we'll have benders where like her and i will go eat pizza you know and then like we go to somebody else's somebody has invites us over and they happen to have pizza and beer and then one more one more time throughout the weekend and then by the time i'm done with all that i can literally feel heavier and slower from it all like just dude yeah Absolutely. And that's like the tough part is like, I really do like having, you know, an IPA with dinner or something like that. But then I often want to have another one afterwards. Um, and definitely I've been trying to watch what I eat as well. Um, and through sober October, what I'm also doing is like, I'm trying to get as much physical activity in as I can. So my bike ride home from, uh, 
work is about 22 kilometers or I think 11 miles. Um, it takes about an hour on my road bike, but dude, it's good to do that. And like, even this month, what I've been doing is like, I'll ride home and on the hills that you can't bike up, I'm literally putting my bike on my shoulder and running up it Holy just because shit. I'm like, dude, I just, I want to fucking, I got to get in shape. You know, I'm not that, I'm not that out of shape, but dude, I definitely, when I look in the mirror sometimes, I'm like, fuck man, I got to get rid of this beer gut. Like I can't be looking like this, but. And how old are you? 25? 26. So I yeah. mean. I think I gained probably I'm at like a weight where I'm comfortable. Like I'm 175 pounds. I would like to be like 170, but mainly just muscle. Mm. Um, I don't know, just to kind of get bulkier, but that's going to be tough. You know, like oh, yeah. I'm planning on this winter, really putting my ass in gear and getting in shape because typically in the wintertime, all I do is just hang out and play video games, maybe ride once <laughs> a month. Um, it's Canada, you know, yeah, it's, I guess it gets it's not much really else you can do up there, huh? It gets real cold. Oh, it definitely can. Um, I used to live at this skate park, like, uh, an indoor park and I worked there. And when I did in the middle of the winter, it's a like hockey, it's a hockey arena, right? That's what it was. My bedroom was a change room in this hockey arena. And if you left a water bottle in that room at the beginning of the morning, when you went back at the end of the night, it would be completely frozen. And that was my bedroom. So like, dude, it was rough, but that's just Canada for you. And people would get stranded at this park all the time because it's out in the middle of nowhere. So you're driving like, you know, a good hour from any big city. And, you know, snowstorm would just come in because it was right on the lake. And people would get snowed in constantly. Like it was multiple times where we would be looking after people's kids all night until they could come get them in the morning. Holy so shit. it's cool though. Really liked the working there. So I guess, is there a lot of, lot more in Canada? Is there a lot more emphasis on like having robust equipment? When it comes to like uh, just snowfall and whatnot, like traveling, like, like immediately I'm thinking somebody's getting stranded in their car and dying. Like, I mean, it's not too bad in Ontario. It's definitely like not unheard of that that happens. Mm. But Ontario is not too bad, man. I would say like it's close to at least where I am. Like I'm really southern Ontario, okay. so it's close to maybe some of the highest points in like Ohio, right? But gotcha. when you're up in like Alberta, dude, it snows like probably nine months out of the year in some <laughs> of these places. Like it's ridiculous, dude, and definitely like. You know, I feel like most Canadians travel with a shovel or something to dig themselves out. Right. And uh, like we personally have uh, uh, like warming gloves in the car. So like you can literally click a button and they'll go warm just because we literally had that happen where like a buddy of mine and I were driving home from that skate park. Funnily, uh, funny enough, and his car ended up getting stuck and he had to dig with his bare hands and just like afterwards almost got frostbite. Yeah. So yeah, we managed to make it out, but definitely good to have something like that, you know? Yeah. There's a fine line between being tough and just being just shit out of luck. Yeah, definitely. <sighs> Damn. Well, yeah, I, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to sit down and shoot this shit with me. Is there anything that uh, we didn't cover there that you, uh, you want to, get into or touch on um yeah so this is kind of something that maybe uh is 
off topic, but we were talking about wellness. Yeah. And I do want to mention just mental wellness. Hmm. Recently, I had uh, somebody that I know. I'm not going to say they were a friend. We didn't really keep up much. But mm-hmm. I used to work at this bike shop, right? And this dude would come in pretty much every day just to say hi. And he was always just a super cool dude, you know? He was beloved in the mountain bike community around here. He was always building trails for people, like worked on some big mountain bike projects around here. And, dude, this guy's motto is basically like, there is no season that you can't ride a bike. It's just improper, like, equipment and clothing. Mm -hmm. This dude would be riding a bike in the middle of winter, right? And just fully loving it, loving every second of it, always a smile on his face. Um, He worked with a friend of mine who owns a like pump track building company well unfortunately uh igor has been having a really hard time lately and he ended up uh committing suicide which is like so sad man you know like this is a dude that i would think about once in a while and just like we were friends on facebook i'd see his stuff once in a while and would be stoked to see what he's doing you know and Mm -hmm. i think that it's really difficult especially for uh I know, I don't know, man, I think it can be difficult for men sometimes to talk about this stuff. I definitely think it is personally. Like I have a really hard time talking to people about, you know, stress and whatnot and maybe the thoughts that I have. Um, but I think it's important that people do, you know? Yeah. And, uh, if you're a listener out there and you are having a hard time lately, just know that you're loved and there's people out there that, you know, need you in their life. Um, and definitely, you know, we, go through stressful parts but we should all um we should all you know look out for each other in a way and if you're feeling something say something you know absolutely and you know a lot one of the things that comes with the territory of bike riding is head injuries and and shit like that and i've had a few myself where it was like it took a long time to recover definitely man head injuries are one of the scariest things in the world to me like cte is something that i think about constantly like i've had a couple bad crashes and you know you saw my video earlier today i wasn't wearing a helmet and i'm smart enough now to wear a helmet but when i was younger i wasn't right and Mm -hmm. definitely paid the price like i have some fake teeth and i often find sometimes i can't get my words or the sentences that i'm trying to form straight um but i don't know like I think people definitely should put on a helmet, you know? That's just one good aspect right away. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And and sometimes even having a helmet, you know, if if you get into a gnarly crash with a helmet and you still get hurt, just think about if you didn't have one, you know? Um re- re- speaking of which, recently we had a friend in the Philly area go down riding a dirt bike. And he was wearing a full face helmet. And when they found him, you know, the the helmet was off. It was, you know, feet away, you know, and uh, he's on the bright side. He's he's making he's bouncing back. We're going to do it. I say we I mean, they they are going to be doing a jam to host for Schimpf. It's the Schimpf jam. Um, Nice. I think I saw something about that. Yeah, I'm going to do a. just to put it out there while we're on the topic, um, there's going to be a lot of stuff auctioning off t- uh, to raise money for him. And I'm going to do a, a pad set, a lim- like a one-of-one pad set, a, a jib pad That's set awesome. uh, to auction off to help help him out with all everything he's got going on. 
but definitely man that's sick that's uh dude those auctions are awesome and i think that they really do help the community in a good way like uh when anthem 2 came back out on dvd a couple of years ago mm-hmm. they were auctioning off and raffling off a bunch of stuff and uh that's how i ended up with the Stu johnson camera from anthem 2 behind me so oh, yeah yeah dude i uh i got lucky with that right like uh um, Jeff Kosis was willing to sell it to me after he won it, which was like, dude, shout out to Jeff. Thank you so much. But uh, I think that when we did do the deal, he ended up se- uh, giving away half the money that he got from that to Burns' uh, like back injury, oh, wow. um, which is awesome. You know, right It's really cool to see that Burns is like back on a bike. You know, he uh, He's one of those dudes that got lucky in this situation, right? Very There's lucky. a lot of pros in BMX who unfortunately haven't really had that same luck, right? Like Drew is still having a really hard time. Um, Scotty obviously has, you know, he Scotty is in an incredible place now and like, dude, unheard of that people get better the way that he did. Mm-hmm. But you know, you can't tell me that there's not a day that he doesn't think about the past, right. And think about what he was able to do. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the struggle at that point is moving forwards and understanding that this is now your life. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, the, the challenge is the way, isn't that what they say? Definitely. Like Something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I, I look forward to shooting the shit some more and, and seeing what else we can Absolutely. come up with, man. Dude, yeah, thank you so much for inviting me to do your show. I uh, I really hope this episode was good. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. No problem, dude. Thanks for being on. I pre- I'll uh, send you a link and let you uh, check it out then. 